Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. And we're not on. Yeah, you are. The intro just played. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being joy-filled and 1 being I am miserable, where do you fall in life right now? Well, you, that's kind of an interesting scale. And um, <laughs> both of those, the joy and the miserable, are kind of extreme. But um, I'm going to say today we need to choose joy because we have Liz Curtis Hicks with us. And um, there is no one better, seriously, than at creating joy around than, than Liz. And so um, we're going to choose joy today. But before we were on the show, we were talking about living life in the dailiness. And it wasn't really a joy-filled conversation because I think we might have been complaining a little bit. I'm not sure. So um, maybe we need to listen to this show today. But... Before, before we get too far into the show, we want to remind everybody that you're listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty White and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And yes, Lisa, we were doing a little bit of complaining today, which... Uh, we need to probably set rules. Like you have three minutes to complain and then you have to be joy filled. <laughs> it's easy when you're talking about the daily to start rolling down that, that hill. But we, we started talking about how you and I both are meeting with lifetime friends for lunch. And every time you get together with your friends that you've had forever, you always go, why are we only doing this once a year? Like, like we need to do this in just a couple months or make it, you know, every six months or, and then the next thing you know, it's been a year and you're getting together saying the, the same thing of, because you have other people that you have to meet with that once a year and it all starts piling on. And honestly, out of all the big, huge, you know, first world issues, meeting with your awesome friends isn't something to complain about. <laughs> No, we're not complaining. We're just saying how, you know, because we're talking about we're coming into a really crazy season um, coming up, anticipating with all the holidays. And there are so many things that you do that are seasonal or once a year or once a quarter or once a month or once a week. We all have those kind of rhythms in our life and um, and it rolls around so fast. And then there's just the dailiness of life. And then you add in all the extra things. And so we're just talking about how in the midst of all of that, do you just, you know, do you keep keep finding the joy in that. So it 
So a lot of the things, the dailiness doesn't become so routine and mundane that you kind of lose the, sometimes the wonder in the, in the mundane. So um, we were kind of talking about that. So Liz, we want to welcome you to the show because we know that you're going to just like, you know, boost the joy factor in here. And <laughs> we're having so much fun and we always will have fun with you. But um, we want to welcome you and you are the best selling author of more than 30 books. And, um, and we've read so many of your books and they always just are such an encouragement, especially for women. And we just need a voice of somebody just encouraging us who that we you can sit down and you're like a mentor to so many just through your writing and you have over 4.5 million copies in print including your nonfiction bestsellers bad girls of the bible and women of christmas and we're kind of talking about the christmas season so welcome to our show and thank you for saying yes and joining us always. today i always say yes i'd love to be with you guys and you know what my husband and i do on the whining piece is if one of us is on a whining jag, you know, just like, this is wrong, this is wrong, and this other thing is wrong. When we catch our breath just for a second, the other person says, are you whining? <laughs> and it is amazing how it, it just pulls you short. It's like, yes, I guess I am. Mm-hmm. And it stops it in its tracks. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I, I don't really want to be that whiny person. I, I don't mm-hmm. want to be that to other people, and I certainly don't want them to be to me. So we call each other on the carpet. Are you whining? <laughs> or we'll say, are you done now? Have you said everything you need to whine about? And it, it is amazing how we set each other free just with that simple little cue. And so I offer that to you today as a way to help each other because we have to. And, mm-hmm. you know, the truth is nobody wants to be around whiners. Right. You talked about getting with, together with those friends. Yeah, well, if they're whiners, once a year is too often, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And so we have to help each other. That's not a place to live. We have so much to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, we are in that season of the year where you're thinking about being thankful. And, uh, and, And the word says, you know, give thanks for everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Everything is everything. So I guess we have to even be thankful for the hard things. And that is maybe easier said than done, but I'll be honest, I'm kind of walking that journey right now. And it's true. It works. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that I'm, I'm uh, walking through a cancer journey right now. Mm-hmm. It's uh, been interesting and um, unexpected, like it always is. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also been Amazing. I just have to say it. I have to give a testimony mm-hmm. that um, when God is with you through it, even something as challenging as cancer, um, which has all kinds of aspects to it. First of all, there's the, oh, my goodness, I could die. Then you mm-hmm. go, but wait a minute, we're all going to die. So there's nothing new there. It, mm-hmm. it just might happen <laughs> sooner than expected or not. You know, lots mm-hmm. and lots of survivors out there. So you have to kind of take stock of your life and say, Wow, so if this were to be, if it were to be my last six months, how would I want to spend it? What matters to me? It is a very clarifying experience, Cancer. Mm-hmm. You also find out, for me anyway, all the things that God has been pouring into me for the last 35 years since I said hello to him um, are true. He is faithful. He is kind. He is loving. He does never leave us or forsake us. I've gotten closer to him in this journey than at any other time in my life. So I'm now at a place where I can say, yes, 
I'm thankful for cancer because of everything I've learned and am continuing to learn. So there's some joy in the midst of uh, uh, weirdness Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I hope will encourage your listeners. Wow. That is very encouraging. And when you were talking there, there, obviously um, this, this cancer scare has, has definitely hit in our world. And it just seems like so many people are having to deal with this. So I I thank you for that encouragement because there's listeners out there, obviously that are dealing with this as well. And when you were saying taking stock and just how God clarifies things as you're moving forward and he's faithful. I I remember Johnny Erickson making that comment that people are like, are you serious? You are in a wheelchair. You had this, you know, horrific tragedy and now you have to deal with cancer. And she's like, and this is life. This is the daily just because I I had my one token tragedy doesn't mean I'm not going to have another. Right. Oh yeah. And I have to be smart and go in for a mammogram and do uh, all these things, which she was saying, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't gone in for a mammogram. So there's things that we can do. There's a way we can eat. There's a way we can take, you know, ownership, but it still doesn't help when you're going through it to hear those things. So uh, that, that is very encouraging. And what kind of cancer do you have, Liz? Oh, I have one that's not only hard to pronounce, but most people go, what? It's yeah. endometrial cancer, okay. or sometimes called uterine cancer. And okay. uh, the happy news is that with surgery, they took it all away. It's all gone. Yeah. Um, but the reality is you still have to go through chemo, or at least I do yeah. anyway, go through chemo and uh, radiation in case those little rogue cells decide to show up somewhere else. Uh, but, you know, it's okay. I mean, I, I giggle because they call it life insurance. Mm. Um, and it's like, you know, I already have assurance of life with a mm. capital L. And um, I'm happy to have more time on this earth. That's great. Um, but I have to tell you, it does change your perspective a little bit about what's next. Mm-hmm. And it removes a great deal of fear. I feel such freedom now. Oh, girl, when I hit that platform, look out. Because mm-hmm. when I'm speaking, I have found this fall, um, I'm just like fearless on the platform because it's mm-hmm. like I may never look at this audience again. So I'm going to give them everything they need to know about mm-hmm. how much God loves them. It just, I can't explain it. It just puts a different spin on life. And it's a good spin. It's a high energy, oh, baby, you know, and I think people expect you to kind of come hobbling on the stage and, you know, be reduced in some manner. And that just is not my experience. God is just filling me up. Now, when I get off the stage, I'm a mess. <laughs> you know, just, just you know, put the girl in a chair and let her sleep. But um, <laughs> it's true. But for the moments he needs me for ministry, he is so there. And I know Johnny would say the same thing mm-hmm. as is Every woman I've talked to with cancer, and let me tell you what, when you raise your hand and say, I have cancer, 50% of the women around you will raise their hands too as either I'm in it, have been in it, or have a loved one in it. Mm-hmm. It touches so many people. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the, the word I keep hearing from women who have been through the journey and are on the other side that can call themselves a cancer survivor is freedom. The mm-hmm. freedom to let go a little bit of this world and all its trappings and to be able to look ahead fearlessly and joyfully 
uh, Proverbs 31:25. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. Don't you love that? Mm-hmm. She laughs at the days to come. That's that's the amazing thing that that cancer or any other kind of diagnosis that seems a little bit life threatening um, can give you if you're willing to embrace it. And I I just think that's where God has me and where He has many of us right now. And it's a good place. Surprise. It is a good place. And you know what? We're going to stop at that place because we're going to take a quick break and come back. And there's so many things I want to talk to you about. <laughs> we'll be right back with Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriended on Toginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's words you never heard. Recently, I was out having dinner in a restaurant with my family when suddenly, for no apparent reason, the hostess started to lecture us about our behavior. She made us feel like real ninny hammers, even though we hadn't done anything. Nevertheless, our hostess was sanctimonious as a cockalorum. That's an old Dutch word meaning someone who crows a lot. She must have been born a smell fungus. That's a person who loves to find fault with others. I really wanted to say something, but the old adage came to mind. Don't insult the alligator until after you've crossed the river. Once I went out with a group of people for sandwiches and coffee, when one person said to the waiter, make sure my coffee is in a clean cup. When the waiter returned, he asked, okay, which one of you gets the clean cup? It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. I, I love how you made a comment when you're going through cancer and the ones that you've talked to as they are just truly diving deep into God's word and Letting go of this world and all of its trappings. That's such a quote right there. How we can smile at the future. And if you'll just share a little bit more about how, as you were writing your last book, as well as having to go through this journey of cancer, um, what, what was some of your experience and just the richness of truly unpacking what God has to tell you every morning? 
Well, what I love about the Lord is he, he prepares our hearts for what's next. We don't know it in the preparation because we're just living our life and doing what we do. But when you can look back and say, I see, and that's how it was for me. Uh, I wrote 31 Proverbs to Light Your Path, oh, you know, late last year and through the early part of this year. Turned the manuscript in in May, and then in June came the cancer diagnosis. And I'm like, oh, Lord, you got me ready for this. Because Mm -hmm. if you're going to look at the book of Proverbs, first of all, of course, it's full of wisdom. And who doesn't need more of that? Mm -hmm. But specifically, and and please know, I didn't choose these 31 Proverbs. Okay, that's a lie. I chose one. (laughs) There's one in here that I picked that said, this, this is what I really want to study. But most of them were chosen by my blog followers and readers who, who told me their favorite verses in the Bible. Many, many of them were from Proverbs. And you, you guys know me very well. I would have chosen 31 verses from Proverbs that were all joy-filled, the happy ones that do this and life will be good. Those are my favorites. <laughs> but that is actually not what many of my readers picked because they they picked ones that make you think like a person may think their own ways are right but the lord weighs the heart see that's one that makes you that's proverbs 21 1 that's mm-hmm. the kind oh 21 2 come on let's get the bifocals adjusted that's the kind that makes you go oh the lord weighs the heart. So I think I'm doing the right thing, but God is able to see what my motives are. So Mm. it isn't just about getting my act together. It's also about getting my heart together. So it's not an easy do. It's It's a think, and that's what many, many of these proverbs are. In particular, though, getting me ready for the cancer diagnosis were the ones that talk about that God is actually in charge. Imagine that. We think we're the ones doing it. It's really God. Proverbs 16.3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. See, I looked at the cancer diagnosis, and I said, well, Lord, okay, if this is from your hand, And I believe that he does establish our plans. I think that our lives are in his hands. So then, Lord, there must be a purpose for it. And I love something that's purposeful. And we know that he is good. His his real nature is goodness. So whatever he has for me is a good thing. So given all that, Lord, what's the good in cancer? What what am I going to benefit from in the months ahead? And, of course, he showed up immediately to help me understand what that might be. Another, Proverbs 19.21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. I tend to think my plans prevail over all things. That's why I have a plan from now through 2020. I'm embarrassed to say I've got a Word document that lays out every day between now and then, with um, some days have nothing on them yet, I'm happy to report. But oh my word, for the next 12 months, every day has stuff every mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. and that you know, I, it sounds like I'm bragging. I am not. I'm embarrassed that I think I'm that much in control that I can tell you what I'm going to be doing on February 21st of next year, as if it were really going to happen. And what God has shown me, He's kind of swept away my calendar and said, "Plans are great, Liz." But ultimately, 
I have a purpose for your life, and that's what's going to prevail. That's what's, what's really going to happen. When you let go of that calendar, I mean, it still exists, and I wake up each day and say, okay, this is what I have planned. What do you think, Lord? Um, oh, you don't want that on there? Well, we'll just move it to another day. Hey, maybe we could just take it off there altogether. It's amazing how many things you can just get rid of mm-hmm. <laughs> without really? hurting anybody's feelings. You mm-hmm. can just take it off there. It's like, you know, if that never happens, the world will keep spinning. Yeah, if but that closet saying that you let go of the calendar is, is making my heart race a little bit more. Just saying. I know. I get it. But that is really <laughs> what God was saying to me is, can you do it? Can you let go of it? And trust me to put on your calendar the stuff that you really need to do. Another verse, Proverbs 27, 1, totally spoke to where I was. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. And see, I figured I knew exactly what tomorrow's going to bring. It's on my calendar. I can read it <laughs> off to you. Right. You know, at 8 at eight ten, I have to be at my doctor's to give get a blood sample. And at 8.30, I have to, you know, it's Starbucks. I mean, it's right on the calendar. <laughs> like I'm going to forget, right? And at 9 o'clock, I have to print this off. And at 10 o'clock, I have this interview. And at 11 o'clock, I've got my mani-pedi. And at 12, I leave for Bowling Green to speak. I have my whole day laid out. And God says, all well and good. I'll let you know if that's not going to work, Liz. But you have to hold that with very open hands. Mm. Because the blood test at 810 may show something that will have you not going to Starbucks at 830, but going to a hospital. It could happen, Liz. And when it does, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to handle that? Are you going to be freaked out, or are you going to be holding your hands open and say, I see, Lord, this was your plan for today. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a wild and different place for me to be because I love to plan. But God mm-hmm. is showing me that the plan's I need to have are his plans. So how wonderful of the Lord to have me write through this book, study these verses, really process them, and then actually have to apply them. <laughs> that's not Only God. Fun. The application part, that's not fun at all. I'd rather just tell people what they need to be doing. <laughs> so right. So right. And in this little book, it's interesting because – I am all about that. You've nailed me. I like to teach an audience what God's Word says, tell them a story about it. But when it comes to application, I'm tempted to say, and now y'all know what to do. (laughs) But for this book, God said, no, I want you to help people more than that, Liz. I want you to show them how in 60 seconds or less they could apply what they just read. And I'm like, oh, really, Lord, 60 seconds? What can you do? Well, I found out there are 31 things you can do in 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. And I timed every one. And if it took 90 seconds, it didn't go in the book. But at the end of each little chapter, little one-day devotional read, is one minute, one step. And it's a simple thing, 60 seconds, I promise, that lets you actually apply. So when you do it, and who can't? I mean, we all have one more minute. Right. Then you close the book and go, well, I did it. I learned and I applied. And I think we need that kind of sense of moving forward, of actually doing and not just learning. Because when you just learn, learn, learn and never do, 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 it just wears you right out. Mm-hmm. Well, and then when you apply, it sticks because you've owned it more and you've engaged in it. You're not just listening, but you've engaged more of yourself into it and you'll remember it, which is so good. Um, you know, you've talked a lot and what I'm hearing you say a lot is, is perspective too on life and how 
you know, getting a diagnosis like you did and having to face, you know, some, you know, and having to make choices and, you know, what do I do with this? How do I handle it? How's this, how do I choose to live with this? Um, it, and then looking at step back and, and what I'm hearing you, how God even was gracious and helping you prepare for this by this book before. So you had something to go back to. It's like, you're already in the journey and he was preparing you. You didn't know it. And so even looking at it from that perspective, instead of, um, you know, like this is such a huge interruption in my life, you know, right. I mean, and so it, instead of looking at it that way, going, you know, God, you're really good to me. Okay. I want to see what you have for me in this. And so it really goes back to so much of life is how we receive it and how we perceive it. And, um, and do we really do believe that God is a good, good God and a good father and a loving God? in the midst of this. That's the hard thing. Um, when we get diagnosis for ourselves, for our kids, um, and, and just being able to put it in perspective. And that's such a, that's, a, and, and what you're saying is even like reading this book and then giving a tangible thing at the end, it allows you to put it in perspective and to live life intentionally. And we just have like a minute before we're going to take a quick break. So I don't even want to ask a question, but yet I'm going to <laughs> because we have a minute before I have to rudely interrupt you. But um, just in this intentionality, because like you're saying, I am intentional, I have my plans, but then I have to be loose. So being intentional and being loose with your schedule, right? It's like I have right. to be prepared that I might have to, to change my, my schedule. Just that mindset. Can you just explain that just briefly to us? Well, um, per, part of it is it was taken out of my hands, and, and that is how God works. He's so good to us. He doesn't actually say, you must do this. He says, Liz, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to take this whole thing right out of your hands, and you're going to find out how delicious it feels to have empty hands and a whole lot of me. And so that's what God did for me is he did it for me, and I found out he's faithful in the process. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard thing. That's a paradigm shift because you're so used to the structure and like, I know what I'm going to do and I have it planned out and it gives me, I have my map and then, you know, it could all be rearranged and I have to learn to be okay with that. And I think that's like a, a muscle we have to develop. We have to strengthen because it doesn't, it's not always intuitive and it doesn't always come easy, but it's like, how do we learn to practice that? And what would you say would be the difference? Um, now that you've let go, I mean, you're learning to let go. I think it's always an ongoing learning process. But has that, have you felt just a difference even in your spirit with that? Totally. It's a total sense of freedom, of peace, of knowing that what I'm doing right this very minute is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't need to look ahead or behind or sideways. I need to sit in this and say, what a great place to be right now. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's a great place to be, and it's a great place to think. And so we're going to take a quick break right now and can keep talking about this is such a good subject, and I think especially as women, we need to be talking about and, and talking in community and learning from each other, and you're teaching us so much by your life and how you're living it and continue to live it. We're going to take a break real quick, and we'll be right back with Girlfriend at Radio.
This is Girlfriend on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. It's words you never heard. Which U.S. state would you guess has the fastest talkers? Recent research by analytics company MarchX revealed that the nation's fastest talkers come from Oregon, Minnesota, Massachusetts, Kansas, and Iowa. What about New York, you ask? New York ranked near the bottom at 38, but New Yorkers do use more words. A New Yorker will use 62% more words than someone from Iowa who have the same basic conversation. What's another word for fast-talking? Takilaya. America's slow-spoken or tardiloquent talkers were from North Carolina, Alabama, South Carolina, Louisiana, and Mississippi. What's a word for someone who likes to say the same thing over and over? A batologist. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Liz Curtis Higgs, and she is sharing her newest book, which examines scripture with care and adds a sprinkling of humor through her stories and personal examples. And she takes each verse and adds a unique one minute, as she says, the 60 step challenge, because we're so big on instant gratification. And hopefully that one minute is doable for all of us as we go through our daily. So speaking of instant gratification, let's get right in and jump in and start talking with Liz again. And Liz, you you just finished uh, talking about how uh, as you were going through and writing, how God just prepared you then to find out that you had cancer. And I just want to go back through that. As you were talking with women, especially in the blogs that you have, can you share where we can find out more about your blog? And do you have something just specifically for those who are are struggling with cancer or going through, you know, this tragedy and just want to soak up some of your your joy and really be able to grab Jesus in in this moment of um, of life and their journey? Well, I don't have anything that addresses it specifically to that audience. My goal has just been to share 
my journey and my joy with everybody because everybody is dealing with something. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe their health is great, but their marriage is not. Maybe their marriage is great, but their finances aren't. Maybe their finances are fine, but their kids are going off the rails. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know anybody who doesn't have something in their life that is less than everything they would want it to be. Mm-hmm. And the question is, what do we do with that? And I think it's especially challenging for Christians because we tell ourselves, all right, look, I'm doing everything right. I'm going to church. I'm paying my tithe. I'm praying regularly. I'm reading the Bible. I'm doing, I'm trying to live up to God's word and I'm doing everything right. Why is this challenge coming my way? And this is when we have to step back and say, what if this challenge, whether it's health, finances, whatever, what if this challenge is not a curse? What if it's a blessing. What if it is God's best gift to us because it's going to shape us into the image of his son? Now, I realize that's a big ask because some people are going like, no way is this thing I'm dealing with a blessing. I'm just asking you, to: what if you thought about it that way? Maybe not for the rest of your life. Could you think about it that way for 60 seconds? Could you Just enter into the possibility of this being God's best choice for you because it is his plans that prevail. It is his purpose in our lives that prevails. He never punishes us, but he does sometimes bring challenges to us because it's what's going to help us grow. I don't know about y'all, but I do not grow on the mountaintop. When I'm on the mountaintop, I'm so busy enjoying the view mm-hmm. and probably telling myself, what a good girl you are. You climbed all the way up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when in truth, of course, I didn't climb to the mountaintop. God carried me to the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. But he also will gently carry me through the valleys too because in the valleys in the shadows where there is no sunlight and you're starting to wonder if this valley will ever be over it's in those valleys that we're fully aware of its presence it was interesting so the diagnosis was in june and god very clearly said to me don't tell people now that you girls you know me that's not my nature my nature is to you know jump online and say hey y'all pray for me mm-hmm. and he said nope i want you to tell your immediate family a handful of friends handful six those 12 people can know but honestly liz i want you to press into me when you need something you come to me you don't be reaching out to friends and family i want you to actually come to me come and pray Come and sit in my presence. Come and bask in my word. Come and just be quiet in front of me. I want you to come to me, Liz, because I want to prove to you I am enough in your life to get you through anything. So it was a quiet summer, and it was a learning summer, and it was where the joy came pouring down because I realized God is everything you said he is. He is faithful. He is just. He is loving. He is kind. He is good. He does have our best interest at heart. And he is also, can I just say, in the healing business. Mm-hmm. And so um, so by trusting him with everything, with my family, my future, you know, what the calendar, with all of it, to just say, it's all yours, Lord. Where do you want me to be? Finally, I had this incredible experience of freedom of what it means to live in Christ 
instead of, let's be honest, mostly in ourselves. Because mm-hmm. yeah. well, mostly that's how we live is in ourselves and we wave at Jesus. Hey, Lord, it's good to see you over there. Thanks for coming on the journey with me. And mm-hmm. he said, I don't want that. I want you to be in me, Liz. And then, you know, together we'll look at life together through my eyes, Liz, not yours. Mm. Well, you know, and it goes back to as, as you're talking, it's so many times we've had um, a distorted view of God and who he is that I think we live. And I don't know if it comes from our American culture um, or the times where we we're almost entitled to things going smoothly. And when they don't, uh, something is wrong or God is punishing us or God's abandoned us. You know, we have this thinking instead of looking like what you're saying and going, you're so with me, you're, you're providing all my needs. You're enough. Um, why wouldn't I get this? You know, it's part of being human and living in these bodies and just reframing how we even view the circumstances that happen in our life and not blaming God, but embracing God and finding the joy in that. And I, I don't think that is intuitive for so many of us because we, we, we interpret the abundant life as everything going so well and our way. And that's the abundant life. And that really is not what, what God talks about when he says the abundant life. And so I think it's even how we, how we view God ourselves and Absolutely. how we see him. And it really dictates how we interpret life and life circumstances and allows us to like your, what you're saying is I'm going to choose joy and the richness. And I've seen things in God that I've never seen because I need him in ways I've never needed him before. And embracing that instead of fighting and resisting that. That's a powerful well, message you have to give women. Well, bless you. And that, by the way, was all very beautifully stated because that, that's it. That's the whole thing in a nutshell. And I couldn't have gotten there unless I went down this road. I had to go through a, a harder road because so much of life is such a blessing. It, it, that abundant life that you're talking about, mm-hmm. I've had that experience for so many years. After being a bad girl for 10 years and, you know, throwing everything away and living like a wild woman in the pit, out there, you know, in the far country, like the prodigal daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, but since walking with the Lord, there have been so many blessings, a very happy marriage, two great kids, a joy to speak and write all the good stuff. I might never have learned what I have learned in the last six months because I, I, have, I had to go through the valley. I had to. It was never going to learn it on a mountaintop. I had to learn it in the valley. So I praise God for the valley. And frankly, I'm still kind of in it. I've still got chemos ahead. And I don't think cancer kills you, but I think chemotherapy could kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's brutal because stuff. It's brutal stuff. You're basically putting very toxic chemicals in your body and and hoping it will survive, you know, that it will somehow bounce back after it gets mashed down. Um, and I, I'm not going to tell you that that's fun. Uh, there are some side effects that are really less than lovely. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's that God perspective. He's with me in it. I have such a sense of his presence. I talk to him constantly. Other people probably think I'm talking to myself, but I, I promise you I'm talking to the Lord. And he, his presence overrides a lot of the icky parts of the chemotherapy. And so um, I've got four to go, and um, 
you know, they're on my, they are on my calendar, <laughs> but they've already been moved. So I know that even those aren't in ink and, uh, and that God can do with them what he will. Um, they're not something I say, oh boy, oh boy, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. I'm not, I'm, that would be a fool saying that. But I can say I'm ready, that I, mm-hmm. I sort of know what to expect, but every time is different, oddly. And, um, and so I'm, I'm just ready because God's ready. And we will walk into that day together, and they'll stick those needles in my veins, and they'll put that horrible stuff in me with good intent. And I think that's really what we're talking about is even bad things can be for good intent. Mm -hmm. So even the hard things in life, they are for God's good purpose for us. And, wow, you know, it isn't – nobody signs up for this. Nobody says, man, I'm just praying every day I'll have some horrible thing happen to me. Nobody wants it. But if it comes, and it almost always will, it's some form or another, um, if you're – with him and knowing he is with you, you'll be ready. I will say it's harder, I think, if it's your loved one who's dealing with this than if it's you. Mm-hmm. I, uh, both my darling in-laws, my husband, who's an only child, both his parents died of cancer in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine for him, my mm-hmm. diagnosis of cancer, it's like, Lord, I lost my mother, I lost my father, and now my wife has cancer. Far harder on Bill than it would ever be on me, because either way, I win. If I stay on this earth, yay, I win. If I go home to glory, yay, I win. But not so much for those who are left behind. So, um, you know, if you have a loved one right now that's going through cancer, you're you're allowed to grieve. You're allowed to say, sorry, Liz, I'm I'm not real joyful right now. Mm-hmm. However, I believe God is there for you as well. Hmm. Again, such a great outlook and a great perspective in this because we can't control the situation, and but we know who does. And and it's like like you said, there's just freedom and letting go and going. Hey, God, you got this one, and I'm with you. And I I love that phrase you said. I'm ready. It's not like I'm looking forward to it and going yippee. I but I'm ready, and I know that I'm not alone in going into that. And that's such a great attitude to have. We're going to take again a quick break, and we have one more. One more opportunity to spend time with you, and I, we're just loving every moment. But we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with Liz Curtis. It's Radio. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. 
Frankie Sense and more. It's like she's got a whole lot of goodness for you with a little bit of sass. Frankie, did you just say... She sure did, and not to mention... <laughs> along with... Whoops! <laughs> Every week, Frankie and a new co-host mix it up with authors, musicians, and interviews with world-changing individuals. Frankie Sense and More. It only makes sense to tune in. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show. On Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we've been chatting with Liz Curtis Higgs. And Liz, you have presented more than 1,700 inspirational programs all over the U.S and 14 foreign countries, and you have a popular online Bible study uh, at your blog. And there's many articles that have appeared in more than 250 major newspapers and magazines. And as we were talking during the commercial, you had mentioned that how Paul writes, when I'm weak, then I am strong. And even when you are presenting, when you're getting on stage, how you just become fearless because you know God is in control. And I, I, it's just, it's inspiring to hear you talking about that. And you made a comment about you, you're going around talking to God all the time. And most people probably think you're talking to yourself. And I remember reading a story about Corey Ten Boone and she went around talking to God. And I don't know if you read her book, but uh-uh. I, I love that, that, yeah, everybody thought she was, you know, getting older and just mumbling to her. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, surely there is an age that you hit where you're just allowed to do that, and uh, and I'm definitely there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You talked about the speaking. Um, of course, the first thing people said when I was diagnosed is, "Oh my goodness, you're going to have to cancel your whole fall schedule." Yeah. And of course, the fall schedule is very full. And I said, "Well, I don't know why I would now." foolish girl that I was. I figured, you know, you go get chemo on Monday and by Friday you feel great. Um, Well, no, it's not quite exactly like that. (laughs) By Friday you're able to stand up and walk onto the platform. But I will tell you, um, there is a whole lot less of Liz on the platform these days and a whole lot more of God. And I know that's what he wants. Now that I'm aware of what that feels like to go up there and be physically weak but spiritually strong in him, not Lizzie, all him, mm-hmm. um, I don't want anything else. It's like I, I don't want to go back to the days of, of, you know, go girl Liz. I don't want that. Mm. So somehow, if even if I get well, I've got to figure out how to, how to stay in that place of weakness. And it is nothing this girl ever would have prayed for. I mean, who gets up every day and says, oh, Lord, I hope I'll just be really weak today. Just drain me of all my own physical energy and drain me of my own, you know, ability to, to think and to reason. Or just, I just want all of that gone, Lord. I want it all to be you. Nobody prays that. We, we pray to be strong. We pray to be, at least I do, you know, pray to be strong, pray to be sharp, pray to be on top of things, pray to, you know, to be able to, to run the race. Um, and what God is saying to me is, I wonder if you could actually lay all that 
down and just trust me to show up when needed. Oh, you know, I mean, I'm a girl who speaks with notes, okay? They're, they're just, it's like an outline. But you, I'm not one of those speakers, and I have total respect for them, that walk out on the platform without a thing in their hands but a microphone. And they preach, teach, speak, whatever, for an hour. I stand in amazement because this organized girl has notes in front of her just to kind of keep me on track in case I chase a rabbit. I know how to get back where I was. <laughs> um, and God is saying, uh, okay with the notes, Liz, but I might actually ask you to move away from them, literally and physically, you know, to physically step away and to emotionally and spiritually step away from the message you think this audience needed to hear and trust me to know what they really need to hear. And so this, and I've been speaking for 35 years, but this is like this whole new journey of trust for me. And it is awesome. I love it. I just have to figure out how to stay in this place of weakness so that God really does reign and not, not, is not just someone I nod to, but he's in charge. And I know that he is. It's not me. It is him. It's such a great place to be. Okay, Liz, you're you're making me really squirm in my chair and very uncomfortable <laughs> talking about praying to be weak so he can be strong and this whole new journey of trust. I, I believe we all crave that to just be so filled with the spirit and let him lead. And we talk about it, but to actually pray for it in such a way that you have to open hands completely and here's my calendar i mean i'll say the words but right now you are truly talking from your heart and i have to say i'm i'm a little uncomfortable which even saying that out loud is making me squirm just saying (laughs) (laughs) believe me when i tell you i totally get it like i said this is not something i would have signed up for because I love being in charge of my life, uh, you know, at every aspect, every little bit, uh, you know, I mean, oh, so about the planning and, you know, and laying my, I mean, if I could, I except the cats would jump on it, but I would be that girl who lays her clothes out at night for the next day. Do you know what I'm saying? It was just really ready for everything coming down the pike. And, um, it's, I can't live that way anymore because I never know what's going to happen. Never know what's going to happen. Never know. You know, I had a, a wake up at midnight with um, shaking and fever and all of that a couple weeks ago, and it was that midnight run in an ambulance to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh, please. You know, I didn't want that. That was not the plan. Furthermore, I thought, okay, I mean, even on the way to the hospital, I think, okay, Lord, this is okay, but I want to wake up tomorrow. I want to be back in my own bed. And I wasn't for five days. Wow. Five days in the hospital where I could do nothing. I could do nothing. Because, you know, they come see every three minutes and want to think to you. So there was no, oh, great, I have five days to get some work done. No, that's not what happened. And so, you know, you're looking at five days and you're going, Lord, this, how in the world is this part of your plan? I'm getting nothing done. I had to miss a speech, which I, in 35 years, I've only missed one. Now I have to say I've missed three, and it breaks my heart. Yeah. And it's like, Lord, how is this your plan? And he said, I have you here in this hospital for a purpose. So live it. Yeah. 
Hmm. And so I realized, oh, I get it. I'm coming into contact with so many people whose paths I would never cross with otherwise. Hmm. So maybe I need to actually show them, since I'm a woman who loves Jesus, what Jesus looks like. Hmm. So he looks peaceful and he looks joyful and I can talk about them. You know, they can't do a thing to you when you're in the hospital in a bed. They cannot stop your mouth if you want to talk about the Lord. They have to listen. Oh, I bet <laughs> At least... they love you. I bet they just walk out of your room. Oh, I don't know about that. I would say some of them didn't love me. But the fact is, I decided to make it joyful. And so the nurses were so interesting. They would come and hug me before they left their shifts. And... Aww. Which actually is not, by the way, a good idea to do with an infectious patient. But <laughs> anyway, uh, but I, you know, I just realized, okay, so this is where I'm supposed to be. This is my platform for these five days, and that is not Lizzie. That I have to tell you that I can't take any credit for that kind of thinking. That is just God really messing with me. He is really working on me, and I'm so grateful that he hasn't given up. I would give up. Somebody who'd known me 35 years, they would say, oh, okay, I guess this is how she is because I don't think we can change her. <laughs> God doesn't think that way about us. He says, oh, I'm going to work on you until the day you stand in my presence. I will never stop working on you. Isn't that good news? Aren't mm-hmm. you great? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Liz, we just have a few minutes before we have to say goodbye, and, and again, just – you know, we feel like we're sitting at the table with you, having a cup of coffee, just enjoying some just incredible girlfriend time. And you are always that friend that we just so appreciate the time with. Um, and just that your vulnerability and sharing your journey and sharing your heart. And you can so sense that God is doing such a great work within you. And he is your provider. And that's so inspiring to us, no matter what our journeys are. Like you said, we all have things that we're challenged with and going through. And, and just to go, okay, I'm not alone. And God does provide you. He does show up. And you're just, you're that living example. How can our listeners find out more about you and get, and get your, your latest book? And, and what are you working on? Or besides what's, what's, are you have something else that you see like on the other side of this or during this or, or what do you want us to know about, about this? Yeah. Well, the easiest way to connect with me, honestly, I am a Facebook girl. So I'm on there every day in the morning. I've got some of course, cheerful, upbeat thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I'm on there yakking with people. So, you know, it is really a way to connect with me, not just a place to see what Liz is doing, but, but Liz is on there, yakety yak, yak, yak. So it's a great place to connect. Uh, Twitter also, and it's just the usual Liz Curtis Higgs, you know, no dashes or anything on mm-hmm. Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest. Um, fun places to hang out online. My website has my blog post just once a month. I'm not going to weary out with that Bible study once a month. And, uh, and then, of course, I'm running around speaking, and my speaking schedule is on there. Um, I am working on the next book. Actually, I am always working on a book. 31 uh, Proverbs to Light Your Path was number 37. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have contracts for three more, and then we'll see. We'll see if God has more or if 40 is just a nice number uh, <laughs> for Liz. But um, always excited to be working on both fiction and nonfiction because uh, I, I love to write both. I love to tell stories, and I love to teach God's Word, and I'm grateful to have listeners and readers in both camps. Um, but that's, you know, I, I just love to connect, and it's an, it's been an interesting time of encouragement because I do have sisters who are in the same 
on the same journey, but not in the same place. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, hold it. I'm not getting how this is joyful for you. That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. To me. Yeah. I'm suffering. Mm-hmm. And I get it. And I, I oh, my job is not to judge anybody and say, oh, well, come on, just cheer up. No, 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 no. Um, it, you know, it's an individual and very personal journey. Relationship with God is very individual and personal. Um, but he does reveal who he is in his word. And so if we can get in there, um, whether it's through 31 Proverbs to Light Your Path or any other book that's out, there's so many great books out this fall, um, whatever will speak to your heart and connect you to his heart, that's the book you need to be reading. Hmm. That's so great. That is, And I'm sure there's always a book in your head and your heart, and everything is an opportunity. It's a, you're constantly writing, whether you're physically writing, but you're writing and listening and listening to what God is, what, what, what is new, you know, that you want to write. And there's so much new coming out of this journey that you're experiencing right now, a journey you didn't ever anticipate or want, but a journey that's rich and getting to experience God in ways you've never, and relying on him in ways you've never had to. And just seeing his faithfulness, like you said, such a great message for all of us. And again, we are just so grateful for you stopping by and, and carving out and that we were on your calendar and that you, you put us there and, and you gave us an hour that we just know we don't take that lightly. We know that is a huge gift. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And um, again, we just encourage our listeners to, to run to your, to your Facebook and Twitter and your blog and, and get the book. And we appreciate again, just your um, practical wisdom too. And, and just how we, we truly live with joy. You've been listening to Girlfriend at Radio and our special guest, Whisper to Six. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.